Good afternoon. Welcome to the Mystery Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Matra. Redskins training camp has started. I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to that because it was July and now it's just barely August. But here's someone who has from Burgundy Blog. It's Brenton Portis. <laughs> hey, Brent. Hey, Jamie. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Um, did you listen to our last podcast, which was the DC Sports Media draft with Dan Steinberg? I, I sure did. Oh, I was riveted. So Dan didn't say anything disparaging about you. But when I mentioned you as a potential draft pick, there was like eight seconds of, of dead air. And I, I did not take that as a as a complimentary uh, silence on Dan's part. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I think you were right not to take it that way. So any, any shots you'd like to return in, in Steinberg's direction? Absolutely not. Steinberg is is tremendous, as you already know. I uh, I thought his his point about um, my ineligibility was well taken actually. And, uh, uh, it was a great that I, I think you guys are ballsy and, and possibly stupid for doing that episode, but I really enjoyed it. And I thought uh, all the points were great. Well, thank you. And uh, good job taking the high road. A very classy, very classy <laughs> of you. Um, that's okay, a so, Kirk. That's, I learned that from captain Kirk. Uh, see, he's so he's winning off the field. Okay. So, uh, Camp's a few days in now. It seems to be this general sentiment that there's more talent on the roster and more depth, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think Jerry Brewer wrote about that for the Post. Uh, what I'm interested in, though, is something like a, like a whiff, like a, a strong aroma that is emanating from your Twitter feed, which is uh, that you and others are just guzzling the Kool-Aid around certain, certain <laughs> players. Now, I, I do not mean that as a criticism because this is the time to get hype, you know? Um, the, the, the preseason right. games haven't even started. These guys are just showing what they got uh, coming off the offseason. A lot of new additions on the team. I want to I go through, like, maybe five guys. Like, the five guys that have you drinking the Kool-Aid. Who's number one? Yeah. Um, number one is... Well, I, I, am I ranking them in order of how pumped I am? I mean, just... you know, th- this, there's, there are no rules here. <laughs> okay, so the first guy that we got to talk about is Junior Gallet, yep. because it's such a unique case where, you know, two years ago when he joined the Redskins, the, the hype was, um, you know, off the charts. And then, as everyone knows, two back, you know, back-to-back brutal season-ruining injuries. So um, I, I entered this season and encouraged – anybody reading me on Twitter to, to approach the season with essentially not, nothing in the way of expectations for him. But <clears throat> he's exceeded my very low expectations and he's pushing me up towards this sort of like ceiling that I, you know, expected or, or hoped for when they signed him. Uh, because like m- multiple practices now, you're hearing um, observers describe his battles with Trent Williams as like very even. And that was sort of the hallmark of his legendary summer of 2015 was that he was giving Trent fits that, you know, like no one else um, on the Redskins defense ever had. And and to me, like I thought they would kind of bring him along slowly and I wasn't even confident that he would be his full current self by now. But, you know, they're talking about him bending the edge and, and, and getting the corner on Trent. Sometimes it's like, to me, if that's ever happening, I mean, that's, he's so, he's so far ahead already of like what I hoped he might be. So then your mind naturally wanders to like, well, what if, 
what if he can be kind of a full-time player now? Or even if not, even if he's, if he's a third-down specialist, like mm-hmm. it's starting to seem like he might actually add a legitimate brand-new dimension. And I, I thought he was a very important figure coming in. Again, not that I was so confident he would be impactful, but I, just, I thought there was such a wide range of possible outcomes for him, ranging from basically nothing and, and you know cut to potentially double-digit sacks. And it's like now all of a sudden that, that high end of the – of the spectrum seems like it might be, I, I'm not predicting it, but it's, it might be in play. That That's the good preseason stuff right there. Like the injury stricken <laughs> double digit sack artist going head to head with Trent Williams. That that's, that's why we follow the preseason. Um, had he made, I can't remember. Had he made it this far? Like we're not even a weekend. In the I don't think he's even years. made it this far. I know. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think he was injured prior to training camp both years. Okay. Uh, number two. Um, you got to be pumped about what you're seeing from or, or hearing about from uh, Doxon, mm-hmm. uh, whose in, in, rookie year was also injury riddled and, and pretty much wasted. Um, and so I've tried to be just as as cautious on him, thinking, you know, his, his, his it's not just that he had a season-ending injury; it was like the most mysterious one in recent memory it's no one even to to this date really understands exactly what was bothering him all that time and to me uh that that was just (laughs) not a good indicator that that he was you know certainly behind it and and obviously we are far from being able to say that it's definitively in his past but um his his first year was such a bust that i thought well he's another you know much like galette it's almost like what you whatever you get out of him feels like gravy. Uh, at the same time, the team was clearly operating like he would be a major contributor, so they seem to be a lot more confident. You know, right, like the last the, few months than I was. Like Galette's almost like nice to have. Like if he comes yeah. through and can and and can be a threat to sack the quarterback, it's like oh that's great, but we're not counting on it. But Doxon's like the number three guy, no number three yep. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and our number and, one, and, and number I mean, one fade looks, target, number one fade target, yeah, you know, right, based on right. 2016. We're going to need a bunch of those. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, you know, everyone, everyone there at practice is saying that he's that Doxon not only looks healthy, but that he's looking good, like really good, and making acrobatic catches and I'm scoring touchdowns. And, I, I've heard that chatter, but I'm surprised you didn't go Pryor Senior, Terrell Pryor Senior, as the as the number one hype guy out of the wide receiver core. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, of course you're right. There's mm-hmm. a ton of hype on him too. I think mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't. I mean, he's on. He would have been on my list, but mm-hmm. I, I, um, he's the other two guys to me are 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 higher on my list because mm-hmm. of the pleasant surprise factor. Whereas Pryor, although he kind of like strangely lingered in free agency a little bit, I don't think you could consider it a, a surprise that he's you know, looking, um, looking good, but yeah, absolutely. He's here. Everyone, everyone, no, you know, nobody can shut up about how, how big and athletic he is. Of the three mentioned so far, like Pryor's the one where I'm, I'm like all in, like I'm full steam, yeah. <laughs> full steam ahead on the hype machine. Uh, well, I certainly I think, think he's the, he's the one to, uh, the, that's most likely to actually pan right, out. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's part of it is like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm jaded, but I'm not so jaded that I can't get excited about Terrell Pryor Sr. Right on. Uh, number four. Kendall Fuller. And and I, I think um, I actually tweeted something to this effect last night. I think that the, the other guys are like uh, kind of like sexier names or hotter topics. But um, Fuller, everybody says, is looking really good playing slot this year. And now that he's, I guess, I think two full years removed from uh, – from his microfracture surgery sounds like he's like back to this sort of borderline first round talent type prospect that, that everyone thought he would be prior to his knee injury um, at tech. And I think he's, um, 
I think he's extremely important. I think he might be important than either of the, of the other two guys that I picked because he's if he's if indeed he's the slot corner, he's going to be on the field a ton. Mm-hmm. And and the Redskins were very susceptible to, um, you know, basically good slot guys receivers last year. And so if he's <laughs> back and can and can you know shut that you know handle that down, that's I I think a, an enormous boost to the defense. So they were basically susceptible. I feel like <laughs> to any skill position player on the field. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of the ball. Uh, so refresh my memory. Kendall Fuller was a third round pick out of Virginia Tech last year. Right. Is that right? Yep. And uh, two he, years. Uh, yeah, was, no, you're right. Last year. Yeah. And he he played last year, but wasn't much of a factor, right? Yeah, I don't know if they really uh, planned on him like having to play as much as he eventually did, even early on. And so like they, you know, he kind of won the slot job, but. It, he just wasn't really – you know, he kind of flashed a little, but mm-hmm. um, kind of disappointing for how highly he was touted. And, you know, now it's very comfortable and, and cozy for us to say, oh, you know, he wasn't all the way back from his knee injury. Um, and maybe that's true because it does – you know, it seems like most people with what he had, it, t- it takes this long. But, mm-hmm. um, he lo- you know, everyone's saying, wow, he's like – he looks bigger, he looks faster, he's a different guy, which is, of course, the standard puff piece for – July, but yeah, I think what, he has that's what he, we're talking about here. He, he, he has, he has the pedigree and um, he has sort of like the, the, the justifiable reason for maybe for it actually to be true for him. And so that um, you never know what's going to happen with Brashad Breland next year. I mean, Kendall yep. Fuller might be your starting a corner opposite Norman next year. So that, that's just huge. Well, and I mean, like prior before the Redskins are counting on Fuller. I mean, even as the slot guy, you're, I mean, the slot guy's always on the field now. There's always three yeah. corners on the field. Absolutely. Uh, so it's Norman, Breland, and then Fuller is like definitely yep. that that third corner, right? Yep, definitely. That's just, uh, that's what it sounds like. All right, number five. Who you got? Um, I guess my last guy that I'm hearing good things about, uh, who I, I don't, I, he might still be kind of a bit player, but maybe not, is uh, Matt Ioannidis, the um, the lineman that uh, that McLuhan drafted last. He was he, a rookie last year, like so a second year, sixth rounder. Right. Yeah, that that sounds right. I think yeah. he was a sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like didn't really impress anybody really last year, and uh, played some, and you know acquitted himself, I guess. But was was not you know there there was some question about, and I guess I mean really there still is question about if if he's even with that that D line is like so muddled. Um, I'm not even positive he'll make the roster, but the, these last couple of days I'm hearing like three or four different people saying, "Wow, he looks fast," and mm-hmm. somebody said he threw a spin move yesterday, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm reaching on him, but it would be really awesome to have another young lineman who's looking good, who you can kind of like bank on for a few years. So that's another, another one. Another, that I like. another, like there's plural. Well, I guess it's Jonathan Allen. Jonathan yeah, Allen. Right. Jonathan Allen. Who, who you have not mentioned. Is that because like it was already assumed that he was like this blue chip prospect and, and there was going to be, a, there was a lot of hype regardless. I guess so. I mean, I mean, I am super duper high on him. I mm-hmm. think him falling to the Redskins was basically the best case scenario. So it's certainly not that I'm, I, I'm not thrilled to have him. He's just kind of had, a, a, by all accounts, a, a very workmanlike summer so far, which is mm-hmm. awesome, frankly. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he's not. Uh, I don't think he's flash. He's substance, which is great. It's a, it's a Brandon Scherfe. It's a Scherfe summer Bingo. so far. Yep. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Swearinger. Yeah, so uh, great point. You you could maybe argue that that he's number one. I mean, he. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I almost like may, maybe I blacked out on him because it's he's like the only thing that anyone's actually talking about. But um, <laughs> no, no question that that you know he's apparently looking great. But like he's definitely in position to impact 
the team in the season more than any of the others. I mean, he's going to be on the field a ton. He may never come off the field. And if he's everything that, that people are hoping for, I mean, you don't need me to remind you how, how much the Redskins have sucked at his position for decades. But uh, I was, you know, when they signed him, <clears throat> I was a little bit kind of lukewarm um, because he's been so up and down. And I think, you know, his last year was clearly his best year. And I think it's sort of a natural human tendency to think, well, that means that's his trajectory. And so this year he's clearly all pro. And, you know, if, if in, in fact he's just matured and he's putting it together, then maybe that's the case. And, boy, the Redskins would have gotten a major bargain because, he, you know, he signed for a really, like, a pretty, very reasonable contract. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that could be – you're absolutely right about him. I mean, he might be a super-duper big impact kind of Well, guy. I mean, there's been a lot of attention paid to him. I'm still skeptical, but I feel so much better yeah. about the swearinger Craven safety duo than yeah. pretty much any safety duo we've had in a while. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, and how about this for, like, the? I, mean, I don't know, this, just your textbook, mm-hmm. July and August – Puff piece, puff piece kind of thing is is this the fact that that Swearinger and Norman were South Carolina high school teammates and they you know they basically are like blood brothers. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'll, I'll chug that with you if you don't mind. <laughs> That's perfect. I mean, they're that gonna lead. Just, the, they're gonna lead the league in like unnecessary after the whistle penalties. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they they you know the way they talk about each other. It's like basically I would you know, kill my own firstborn for him. <laughs> so you would think that that can't hurt in terms of team chemistry. I mean, it will be definitely interesting to watch that dynamic. I'll throw out like a reverse hype uh, nominee, reverse Kool-Aid nominee, Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. Every mention of yeah. Nate Sudfeld I've heard is like, <laughs> why can't he throw a spiral? <laughs> like he's just sounds, he sounds like he's just awful. I agree. I think he had a bad start, although so, a couple of guys said that, uh, that he looked much better yesterday. He may have had a good practice yesterday. All right. Well, what I'm curious about is uh, I love watching the Redskins preseason games, especially the skill position guys that you know aren't going to make that much of an impact, but like right. you know, put up numbers in the preseason. Who's like the one guy you think is likely to be, you know, fit that bill this preseason for the Redskins? Yeah. I mean, seems like it's usually a quarterback a la Colt Brennan or a running back or a receiver. I guess mm-hmm. those are the guys yeah. that catch, catch the most shine. Mm-hmm. And so like um, among those groups, I feel like, you know, you might find a wide receiver, like one of these, even an undrafted wide receiver, like, uh, you know, the guy from Maryland, Laverne Jacobs, or I heard Matt Hazel from coastal Carolinas had some good practices. The, the, the drafted rookie, um, uh, what's his name? Robert, Something super generic. Um, <laughs> this is, no, this I'm is perfect. These right are now. all guys I haven't heard of who are going to have like a you know, hundred yard. They're going to have a like hundred yard Davis. touchdown type game. Yeah, and it's so, going to be like all the buzz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of those guys could totally exactly have have a hundred a hundred and a mm-hmm. tutty, and then everyone will be like, "Oh, well, well, maybe uh, we don't really need uh, Jamison Crowder anymore." Uh, I love it. I love those Marco Mitchell vibes. exactly right (laughs) all right well i know you got to go and and do like your day job whatever that is uh yeah i guess thank you for joining us our listeners can follow brenton portis at burgundy blog he has a podcast as well uh so tune into the burgundy blog pod and thank you for joining us on mr irrelevant we'll come back around again to name some uh preseason hall of famers